There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jada, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. You won't believe this. I'm not sure whether this was sent in by a listener or whether it's just come to our text number, which is 086-1800-658. But it says, AIB alert. We have, decided, we have detected suspicious activity on your AIB account. Please log on to HTTPS, whatever the login is, and avoid your online banking being suspended. <laughs> That's come into our text number. Isn't it absolutely brilliant? It just shows you, it just shows you our radio main text and WhatsApp number being targeted by a scammer there, it looks like. So, you know, it can happen to anybody at any stage. I smiled when I saw it. How many times have we seen it? Oh, they'd try anything. Honestly, they really would. Be careful of the scammers. They're on the make always, every hour of the day. Welcome to the show. We have lots of chat for you and more besides over the next couple of hours. And do remember that number. It's 86 1800 if you want to talk to us directly to studio here by WhatsApp or text during the afternoon. Now, I begin today, well, on a gloomy note, if you ride a motorbike, because it's not been a good week for bikers. Last week, you do know, on the M50 in Dublin late last week, two UK bikers tipped each other at high speed, fell off their bikes and were run over by a truck. It was a shocking accident. They both died. The Isle of Man TT, the big bike races there are back in full swing, but sadly not without fatalities. Davy Morgan, 52 years of age and experienced, successful biker from Northern Ireland, died along with Mark Purslow and Olivia Laverell and two others are in a critical condition at the TT races. And so far this year in Ireland, 17 bikers have been killed on our roads. What's wrong? What's going on? What's the story? I'm joined on the line today by two men who are avid bikers. Derek Gannon is part of Shed for Bikers, an online platform for bikers. And Dermot Corcoran is club secretary and PRO of Kells Road Races. He's a biker himself and a paramedic. And of course, the Kells Road Races happening this weekend. Gentlemen, you're both welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks very much for, for joining me. Derek, I'll start with yourself and your, your biking community, uh, that online portal I mentioned about there. When I talk about the loss of life, that horrible accident last week, the racing fatalities, 
It doesn't make for good reading for anybody, you know, listening to those incidents and figures. What do you say about it, Derek? What what, what do you feel about it? Um, yeah, look, it's it's very hard, Jerry. Um, like as I said, we come from a platform there over six thousand members. We're trying to promote uh, safe practices on the motorcycle. So when you hear of fatalities, it is it kind of hits home with you, you know. Um, like to the sense where you you'd fear going out on the roads or uh, on the bike yourself, you know that sort of way. Um, look, nobody goes out on a bike to to. Uh, with the intentions of not coming home, you know. We all go out on the bike to enjoy the ride, to to meet our friends, to have a cup of coffee, to have a chat, um, to support somebody on a charity event, you know. Um, like it's just it's just been absolute carnage there the last the last while, like, you know. As I said, seventeen bikers already uh, uh, not going home to their family this year. It's just um it's it's crazy like. I have to say to you, uh, Derek, that uh, growing up in my my house, uh, my my late mother had always a fear that I might get a motorbike. Now, I had spins on the smaller Hondas and that when I was smaller, but I never had a bike myself. But it was a one great fear. And you will still hear today, mothers especially, saying they don't want their sons to go down this road and get into this biking game. Is that something you're familiar with? Uh, well, like, Jerry, like if you put into uh, context what training is there today, like to have initial bike training um, that has to be done by an approved RSA um, uh, instructor. Um, like uh, back in 99, if you look at the road fatalities, there were between 55 to 60. So we are going in the right direction um, in relation to motorcycle fatalities. It's just still at, at too high of a number. Like last year alone, there was 22 uh, motorcyclists killed on the road. Mm. Um, and this year, there's 17, and we're not even, like, we're only halfway marked through the year. So it it's, it just can't continue the way it's going on. But as I said, the the training and the attitude of people on motorcyclists, and um, the, the attitude has changed dramatically since the 90s. But it's still too high mm. uh, any road fatality on the dead uh, on the road any fatality is is one fatality is too much you know yes it, uh, it, it, it certainly is let me bring Dermot Corcoran into the conversation club secretary and PRO of Kells Road Races and I, I may have said paramedic but you are an emergency medical technician I just want to clarify that and biker as well Dermot thank you for joining me on the show today look well, well, uh, 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 again your feelings please first uh, uh, about these awful uh, uh, cases of loss of life both in competition and on the roads yeah, look. Unfortunately, the, look. Uh, inheritance comes when you when you decide you want to go and race a motorbike or any motorsport. Um, you know, there's going, there's going to be a high risk uh, in, in, involved there. But over the years, there has been improvements in a lot of the safety, a lot of the procedures. You know, a lot of the guys are airlifted now straight from scene. The critical care that they're brought to is fantastic. So they have a great level of care and a great level and a great effort goes into on the organizer side. So Raquel's coming up now, and I just want to make the difference between. When you go racing, you're in a safe and controlled environment. So our main job at Kells is we set up that track and it is set up 100% that it, is, it can't get any safer. We make it as safe as possible. Mm. And we encourage people to go racing. Get your race license. If you want to go fast on your motorbike, if you want to get the most out of your motorbike, go racing. Go to Mondello, go to any track around the country, north or south, do a track day, get training, you get a morning training, then in the afternoon then, and I'm not hired by any of the companies that run the track days, but go and do your track day, go and enjoy your motorbike at high speed, 
you won't have any, you won't have people pulling 80, you won't have other road users that have that all pay our tax insurance and use the road. So if you want to use your bike and get the most of it, go racing, come racing, go and do your track racing first, then you can progress on to go road racing. And yeah, look, there is an inherent risk, but only there in the past month. Switzerland had banned racing for 60 years. So for 60 years, Switzerland said there's no motorsport to be done. It's only there recently because it's a safety advancement in both uh, two two wheels and, and four wheel racing that Switzerland have actually re- reversed that decision. Mm. So they seem like, and how, how we all look at Swiss, Switzerland would be kind of a benchmark for safety. So they yes. decided. And Jeremy, just to cut, just to cut them come across you there, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and it is as safe as possible. The TT and the Isle of Man as well, yet three people are dead, two are critically injured. It is a risk, there's no doubt about it. Why do, what is it that people, or is it just something that's in the human nature where there is danger, people, you know, like that aspect of living on the edge? Is that what it is? And if you hear any racer talking to you, like there's a great in, 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 in interview that I won the race with uh, Andy Farley, like it is, like it's, it is, it is like an addiction. Like it mm. is, it's just a buzz out of us, they enjoy it. it yeah. um, there's very few things in this life that's left that, you know, that aren't controlled, that people don't get. Like it, it is one of these exhilarating sports that mm. is just the pure adrenaline from it. Yeah, and, and while you're on that, let me ask you this, because I, I can tell you this, I know this for, uh, from uh, w- where I live in the particular area. And I think it's generally young lads get bikes and uh, they're out on the on the main road. And for some reason, I, what is it? They just have to have that huge burst of speed coming in or out of urban areas. And you think to yourself, what gobshites? You know what I'm talking about? I do, I do. I totally understand, you know, and it is that that, that is an issue on, on the roads. But like as me and Derek have talked at length over this and uh, you explained it like I'm an emerging technician. I work on the National Air so I, I, I get to see it firsthand. So mm. I get to see, unfortunately, I get to see the, but the great side of stuff we do, and unfortunately, there's a really, really dark side and bad side of my job. Like any EMT or any paramedic or advanced paramedic out there that does pre-hospital stuff, when you arrive in some of these scenes, it's absolutely carnage. Yeah. There could be family members there, there could be all, and normally if you're out with your, if, if it's bikes, like it's uh, buddies as well. But I think we have to, and Derek, definitely agree with me here, we have to stop this blame game. We have to stop this pointing the finger at, like, I drive trucks in the road, I drive motorbikes in the road, I drive cars in the road. I'm also doing the, a man intermission cycle with uh, the airport this year for charity, so I'm a cyclist as well. Mm. So I see every aspect of road, of, of, of being on the road. And I think we've all tried to put our finger on it, but we just need to <clears throat> slow down. And this look twice, think bike. It should be look twice and think of other road users, not yes. just of bikes. Yes. Everyone just, and I don't know what it is since COVID. I, it seems to be not just bikes, but with cars as well. I think people just need to take that little bit of time. And <clears throat> a few of us had had the conversation online as well and on groups and on work and on things. Like Mobile phones are a huge factor. Of, of, like any biker, you talk to any biker on this show, if you've got 10 of us on, we all have instance because we're obviously, when you're passing cars and stuff, we can see into cars. Yes. The amount of people on their phones is frightening. I even go even try driving to work, someone with mm. their phone wedged, wedged in their steering wheel and they're finishing off the next week from the night before. Yes. I agree with you, and and I I've I seen. Don't where, I don't know where everyone's in this big, big yeah. push there, and I think everyone stops and he points pointing the fingers at us. And I think on the government side of things, they really need to stop being asleep at the wheel now and start waking waking up to things. Yeah, so it's across the board, and I couldn't agree with you more. The use of phones is is shocking. It really is, and uh, people still holding them, etc., not concentrate. And you're right, it's not ju- bikes, uh, y- 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 cars as well, lorries, uh, agriculture and machinery, speed. Are we? 
saying speed? Is that it, Dermot? We got to And I know it's the thrill of the bike and that as well, but there are limits. It's it's being conscious of limits. speed. The human body, like the human body, can only take so much. Yeah. A lot of people have to remember, like, and look, I'm I'm money human as well, and I had long conversations with Derek, two and three hours on on, on the phone and stuff, and it really did affect me for a while. Um, and mm. I did have to kind of double check myself because I'm seeing this and I'm only uni- human I take off my uniform when I finish my shift and I go home to my family Yeah, and like you're kind of wondering but then you go well you know I do take my time and I am considered but you have to be considered with everyone on the road you know you mm. have to really really think, think about what to do and when you're driving drive you don't need to be on the phone and like every car nowadays has a Bluetooth in it and the small things you can bring in like legislation across the board that every car sold in Europe has to have a Bluetooth device in it yeah. You have to have, like the technology is there mm. but it's just a matter of putting the cars and you're passing brand new cars and people still with their texting away and have it in their hands yes you know, let, let, let me go back to Derek uh, for a moment Derek uh, just uh, uh, continuing uh, the conversation there fr- from Dermot and you know about learning let's talk about bikes in, sp- in particular you know a young person and it starts you, this game starts young and young people get bikes and when they're eligible to get bikes and get their licence and do etc they get them is there something missing there? Does there? Is there anything more needs to be done there, Derek? You know, because you give somebody a bike, a young person a bike, and off they go, and it it's a lethal weapon, to be honest. Hello, Derek? Derek, are you there with me, Derek? Hello, Derek? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Derek. Yeah. Did you hear my question there? Yeah, I did hear your question, but I just wanted to start off, Jerry. It's probably wrong to uh, put in... Um, uh, uh, a stereotypical kind of type on bikers as well. Not every biker is a is a, a lunatic. No, no, no. We're not country. saying that. We're not. Ah, oh, listen. We're not I, saying that I, by I any. That, but I just wanted to get that point across. Yeah. Like, like well, yeah. I'm in a community there, shed for bikers, and that's that's a group of people who who want to come learn, share, help, and assist in everything pertaining to motorcycle safety, be it road path maintenance and first aid. So we we. We've set a platform for people to share their experience, to gain knowledge and to make themselves a, a better rider um, in a community of like-minded people. Mm. So, like, as I said, like, um, it, it's probably, I know we're talking here in relation to speed and in relation to that, but, like, I myself, I travel 160 kilometres a day uh, a commute. Um, and I go uh, N7, M50, you mm. know, so like Dermot said, I see a lot of people on phone, people cut across from you, like I don't know, the M50 is like, you know, an indicator is, is not an indication to move, it's it's a, a warning that they're moving, you know, that sort of way. Yes. Um, so like, look, if young people are coming on and they're looking to get into bikes, which it's a good thing because like it, it, it's it's cheaper to run, it's cheaper tax, it's it's cheaper costs, it's better on the economy. There's less congestion, um, but they, like I tell them to do it right, you know, mm. like get proper training. That's that's the main thing. Is it mandatory for a person getting a bike to be trained? Yeah, they have to have it's called initial bike training, um, uh, so that that covers like the basics: taking off, stopping, cornering, mm. uh, slow manoeuvrability. Um, but still, you're not going to build, build experience unless you have a, a bit of bum and seat time, you know, that sort of thing. Yes. So, like, and that's where the likes of our groups come in. And there's, there's groups out there that do learner-friendly spins where, you know, experienced riders will bring a, a new-to-biking rider out. And Good. at the end of it, they critique them and say, look, you should have been over here. Or, yes. Did you notice that car? Like, it's amazing when a biker goes out on a spin. 
if if a black Volkswagen car pulls over junction with the nose too far, like at 20 miles down the road, you're able to re- recall that incident to another person that was traveling mm. with you and they'll remember it. They'll even be able to rattle off the reg of the car, you know, that's yes, the way. Yes, yes, yes. Like bikers are different. They're, they're programmed different in the sense that everything is a hazard. So you, you, you treat everything as a hazard. Mm. You know, like one motorcycle instructor said to me um, before there that, you know, treat everybody like they're out to kill you. That's the, that's the only way to... My! Yeah, so, like, every car, every other road user is out there to, to try kill you, and that's... that's yeah. Because then you'll go into defensive riding rather mm. than proactive riding. But as I said, it's wrong to assume that every biker is, is out there to to go speeding, and, like, it's it's there is a group of people out there that just like biking and everything yes. about it. Like, it's a fantastic community. Oh, listen, I, and, and, and I want to emphasise that again. I want to emphasise that again, that the care, the preparation, the awareness you mentioned there, imagine having that in your mind, that, you you know, you're in danger every time you go out there. All of that, like, and, and we're saying that, that the majority, but, you know, you've got to talk about a minority as well that need to buck up or whatever or, you know, understand uh, if you're going too fast, if you're not taking cognizance of what you're doing, well, real trouble awaits. There's a message from a listener coming to me. What about young boy racers in cars? Yes, speed, speed in cars. Young boy racers in cars are a difficulty as well. But back to what going back to there, again, yeah. Look, this is this 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 starts the whole conversation, and everyone starts going. And look, and the, the listener there is right. But we're back to the blame game. Again. Yes, it needs to be stopped. And the RSA, I'm not criticising what the RSA do, but. They, they, they're kind of at it as well with wind off the throttle and stuff like this. It should be more of a chair in the road and the road is for everyone in cycles, not just, we'll pick, we'll just pick out a demographic. Everybody and seems to be in such a hurry these days. Mm. Like, it's kind of like a red mist. Like, they're so focused on getting to the location or, you know, trying to avoid, like I do be on the M50 there. That's a perfect example. I'd be, I'd be in the inside lane and like a, a, a car would nearly cut, cut you like my front wheel would be nearly rubbing off their bumper because they were in the left hand or the right hand lane and next minute they want to get her, uh, off the exit and they'd be gone across three lanes. Like they'd nearly take you out and then they look at you as if it's your fault for them cutting you off. Like, yes. You know that sort of way. Yeah. Here's a question for both of you. Will you ask those men, why are bikers always coming round bends in the middle of the road leaning toward what they're meeting? Any one of you take that one? Well, see, right. That's where it goes back to training. The IBT uh, initial bike training on it was only implemented in Ireland in 2010. So there is a lot of people out there that uh, it's it's called a system of motorcycle control. It was uh, incorporated by the uh, Norfolk Police, and it's it's like Rosper training, but it's it's more or less training on where your position is and where to give you the best vantage point, the best observation point going into bends. Mm. So if you have somebody going around a right-hand bend and they're leaning over over the white line, they're in the totally wrong position because training will tell you that you should be on the near side, which is okay. close to the ditch, so you can uh, increase yes. your observation of hazards around the bend. Yeah, so that shouldn't so, be happening, what that lady is saying there, no? No, that, that's, that's just, as I said, that's just the implementation of training, but there is a, a, a lot of people who haven't received that training. Yes. Um, and look, it's 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 slowly. Uh, there will be a time when everybody on the road has received IBT. Now you can go back and do advanced riding. You can do it with IART and you can do it with ROSPA 
Um, and like there, a lot of people in our group now would would um, would be uh, more inclined to do that sort of thing. Yes, the guard even brought out that bike safe course there. Mm. That's a free course. It's a one day course, and they'll they'll introduce you to the system of motorcycle control. Yes, which is which is everything. Uh, like if you implement the five stages of the system of motorcycle control, you're putting yourself in the safest possible. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay, boys. Listen, I have to leave it there today. I want to wish you right, well, Dermot, the weekend yeah, with the races. No, it's uh, the weekend of the racing is it's a CT and Limerick Cal Road Race of 2022. It's going to be on on the 18th and 19th of June. Okay. So thanks very much for residents across the keel. And anyone who wants to get into racing, like we encourage people to get into racing, do it responsibly and do it right. Like as a rural racing club, we work with the likes of Derek and FBOT who are going to be in our paddock. We're very closely with Angarda Sheikhana, with me, Kenny Council. So we have a link to all of those. And we're not here to preach to anyone and tell them what to do. But we're here to like get the chat going because I think me and Derek have both agreed that this needs to be talk- talked about. If you want to go fast and bike, come racing. Yeah. Get involved in racing. Do do track days. Come and do it in a safe and controlled environment. Yes. And when you come to the race, you come to the race, you get there nice and handy. Don't watch the road racing and we encourage everyone, you are not a racer. Racers are calm, collected. People call them madmen and lunatics. They are far from us. Like to get a bike around the course, the Isle of Man TT, it's 26 miles long yeah. at a top speed. You can top out at 200 miles an hour at an average speed of 130. You have to have your stuff together. You have to know what you're asking. Absolutely. Like these, these guys are top of the game. Well, like you, don't, you don't race a TT overnight. You don't do Kells. I understand overnight. that. I understand that. And there's still risk and still fatality, as we know, as I mentioned at the introduction there. Anyway, it's the weekend after next. It's the 18th and 19th. It's not this weekend. It's the weekend after next, the Kells Road Races. Go up to CCs and Kells and Christy and John. Okay. We'll decade from the bike to the gear to your inflatable jackets, whatever you need. They have all the safety equipment you want. And if you want to know further about racing, they'll put in touch with myself and they'll put in touch with the likes of Derek's. And just get in contact with us. Don't have this thing about bike. Bikers make millions for charities every year. Thank you, boys. Thank you both for joining me on the show today. Have to leave it there. Thanks a million. Derek Gannon from Shed for Bikers and Dermot Corcoran, who is Club Secretary and PRO of Kells Road Races, happening the weekend after next. Coming up after two and late lunch, Sinead Burke brings us more of our banter. I love this one. Men and the lawnmowers. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. I promise you. If you have anything to say about the bikes or biking, speed on the roads, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. I'll come back to your comments after two, I promise you. St. Nick's Bingo, double prize money this Sunday at the Nick's GAA grounds on the Ratmullen Road in Drogheda. The bingo begins at three o'clock double prizes on the day walk-ins welcome what about the lady I spoke to yesterday got a book from us here in late lunch and won 2,000 euro I have more books to give away today to the Knicks bingo here's the question Jump and Jive is the nickname for which bingo number Jump and Jive what is the number I'm looking for? That's the nickname for in bingo parlance. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. We're heading towards the top of the hour, two o'clock, in the company of you two. Yes, you two. You two stay with us on late lunch. We're here till half past three. There's lots of chat and more besides. News and weather on the way after this one.
Is it illegal to go cycling and use a mobile phone, Louise? Have you uh, checked that out for us there? What's the story? Um, From what I can find, no, it's not. It's not illegal. There's no specific offence for talking on a mobile phone uh, while cycling Mm. or using headphones. There you go. But that might be outdated. um, Okay. I'm going to see if I can. We'll we'll see if we can get more up to date. But uh, that's uh, the answer we have here at the moment. Uh, Driving within speed limits. I want to ask the question, Jerry says, Pauline, has any motorist ever passed out a motorbike? Tony in Kells has been on to say 3,000 bikes in Kells last March and it was fantastic. Marshalled very well. Yes, the road races are on the weekend after next. Another listener there uh, listening to the conversation between Dermot Cork and Derek Gannon and myself about the bikes says speed kills. Three people have already died, as you said, Jerry, in the Isle of Man. That's like telling people to take up smoking as it's good for you. A lot of middle-aged men have died in bike crashes. Uh, and uh, in my opinion, the Garda Shia could do more to uh, work on the terrible speed that all road users are uh, guilty of on our roads. No speed limits, in my opinion, are being upheld, says another listener. Thank you indeed for all your comments to the show. I do appreciate them. Now, we're going to have a listen, Louise, to Miss Sinead Burke and her banter. Louise, I particularly like this one. And we're going to tell the listeners why I particularly do after they have a listen to our Sinead, because today she's talking all about, yes, me, you boys, men and our lawnmowers. In the faraway future, if the Marvel Studios are ever looking for a new type of superhero to base a movie around, they might do well to consider Irish men who love their lawns. To be more specific about it, Irish men who love mowing their lawns but uneasily agreed to let some of it go wild. The new, more bohemian look of many gardens up and down the country tell a quiet, heroic tale of men who, by overcoming an internal struggle many of us will never understand, agreed to their family's latest plan to do a bit for climate change. As the grass in the newly designated natural parts of their garden insolently sprouts up with all the lanky awkwardness of a 14-year-old young fella going through an energy drink fueled growth spurt, a small part of every weekend gardener dad must silently grieve for the loss of his carefully curated straight lines. Because it's a whole thing with men, isn't it? That's not me being sexist or even retreating to gender bias. I'm just going to say it. And you can cancel me if you like. Men love lawns. Perhaps it's a parenting thing. Women have guilt about everything secretly injected into them in the labour ward. I strongly suspect there is a male equivalent serum injected into dads at the same time. Basically, you are now a parent, so do not have the money, the time or the energy to go out of the town anymore. From now on, your top priority will be to have as neat a lawn as possible. Yes, of course, I have seen some married women cut grass, but it's rare. And to be honest, I do feel like taking them aside and pointing out that they are fools to themselves. Surely they got married for a reason. Like many sacred rituals, there are particular preparations involved in gearing up to cut the grass. Much study is given to the weather. The temperature and likelihood of rain is considered. 
Sociologists could probably do a study on the stress men put themselves under, monitoring the grass-growing indicators at home while they spend two marooned weeks helplessly on a deck chair in Spain. Once the optimal window of time is identified, petrol is purchased. A true crime or sports podcast is downloaded. And then it's where are my earbuds? I definitely left them in this drawer. Sure, it's a whole thing. And as pastimes go, you can't really complain. It's hardly cocaine and hookers. In our own household, Mr Burke has been particularly stoic about the newly rewilded part of the back garden. It's a measure of the man that he's even gamely planted some wildflowers. Emboldened by our ecological endeavour, there has been much family discussion as to what sort of wildlife we might soon see wandering past the back door once word gets out in the animal world of our recently created habitat. Our expectations have grown with the grass, and I fully expect a family of pine martens to march in the gate with their luggage any day now. However, that said, I heard a terrible story once of how a female solicitor down the country returned from holidays to find a crowd of the same lads had moved into her house and wrecked her wallpaper. It was desperate because it was Versace wallpaper. No judgment here. The woman didn't have kids. As Pine Martins are protected, she wasn't allowed to touch them and was told she'd have to wait them out. I think they may still be there because I think she ended up renting a flat in the town. The loss of some of the soulless bowling green gardens around the place. It's not really a loss at all. It's good and necessary for us to get back to our wild roots in more ways than one. Fingers and toes crossed, we survive this climate crisis. We'll be able to pass on a relatively healthy planet and Greta Thunberg will finally be able to get back to school. If we get through it, it will be because we've stopped with the fossil fuel addiction, we've embraced green technologies and we've learned how to recycle properly. But it will also be because parents have listened to their kids and decided to do their bit. To all the more mad dads on the front line of this battle for existence, thank you for your service. <laughs> I just say I am picturing you now <laughs> out with your green cape on you. <laughs> Superhero. <laughs> and the lawnmower. I am Jerry, Super Stripes. <laughs> to infinity and beyond, for sure. Women don't cut lawns. Agree? I do. Do you? Well, I did when I was younger. My dad oh. had five girls, so we all cut the lawns. Oh, well, you see, yes. But in general terms, no. I'm not being sexist there. Women don't cut lawns. It's left to the lads. It is, yes. Isn't it? It really I is. I agree with that, yeah. I love my lawn. And I love when I cut it and the stripes up and down and up oh. and down. And I stand there afterwards with the greatest satisfaction looking at her and thinking... Wembley, Wembley. <laughs> I just love a lawn cut with the stripes neatly. Do you? That's yes. your OCD kicking in. Yes, again, it's it? one of my stable of OCD things. And let me tell you a little more. And can I, Does it have to be really straight? What if there's a little bump or a little curve? No, I, the, it's lines? a straight. No, the lines are straight. No, but please, please don't get me going. <laughs> don't now really frazzle me. Straight lines. And I'll tell you. This has been a project of mine that I took on during lockdown. Did I tell you this before? No. I 
took the whole... I was out in the, standing outside when we couldn't meet anybody talking to somebody during the lockdown and I noticed <laughs> under my feet was very springy and then I came to realise that I hadn't a lawn but a moss lawn. It was just all moss, the whole thing. So it gets a scarifier and I hired it out and I had it for two days and I took 90 black bags of moss out of that lawn, right? Wow. 90 black bags that went to the recycle. It looked like just uh, soil, clay, nothing else. It looked as I killed the whole lot and everyone said, you killed it, you murdered it. I said, no way. So I top dressed it then with top dressing and seed and I have the pictures to show what a job it was. I had people walking by saying, we thought you killed it, but look at the job you made of it. You know something? That's your I baby was now. 10 foot tall when I heard that. And now... I have it really good. Now, I'm not saying there are weeds in it. There are weeds and there's patches in it, but it's it's way, way better. And I cut it high with a high blade. Never cut your lawn low. If you skin your lawn, you're going to have it. weeds. Yes, I cut it at a nice height, but I cut it regular. And I feed it. I fed it in the springtime as well. Oh, but jeez, I'm cutting it every week since. How big is your lawn? That's ah, a good size. I, I don't know what size it is, but it's a good size front garden, smaller at the back where I have the tunnels and that and, and the veg and, and, a, and a green space at the back as well for the children. But... I have to say, I am so proud of it. And, and, and my OCD, do you know what I do when I'm going around cutting it? <laughs> I have a weapon in my pocket. A ruler? A weapon in my pocket. No, no. Uh, a, a weapon in my pocket. What would you think? Of it? It's either a good knife or uh, another implement I have in the garage. And when I see a weed, Louise, bang, I go in and take it up by the root. So bit by bit, I'm going to have a totally weed free, please God, uh, lawn as well. But I just, Louise... I adored the stripes. I adore them. Now, they only last a day or two and then she's away growing again. But have I a problem? Does it take a lot of effort to it do does. that? Like, no, no, no. Like you go up and then you turn the line. So you turn the lawnmower. So up one way. It, it turn, doesn't go completely well, striped. Well, right. Round the edges, the walls and, uh-huh. and in towards the cobble lock. You, you cut that round first. But I'll tell you, that's only a little strip at the edge. in your armour. No, 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 please, please, please. Then I run the mower up to the wall just to make sure I get it complete. But I absolutely get the most... I'd say there's people who want to run you up the wall as well. <laughs> I get the most satisfaction. Am I alone, gentlemen? Gentlemen, am I alone? Are you listening to me today? Am I the only one that feels like this? Your lawn and the stripes. Does it matter to you? Do you care? Have you a bed of weeds? Have you a lovely sward on your on your lawn? Let me know. 086 right, 1800 658. 086 1800 658. It is a most idea, aren't it? Yeah. Well, Sinead, she was right in saying, like, it does typically be a man at moment. Yeah. Well, why? What, what is it? What, what do you get from your lawn, Jerry? The greatest satisfaction. Really? <laughs> the greatest satisfaction. Honest to God. She a like that. Honest to God. It's on a par with a couple of other things that I probably couldn't mention at this time of the day on the show. But I do get the most satisfaction out of uh, my lawn and cutting straight lines. And we have a gentleman listening to our, our musings this afternoon. His name is John Cribbin. He's from Summerhill Lawns and he's on the line. Hello, John. Hello, Jerry. How are you and, and Louise? Are you with me? Oh, yeah, it's great to hear a man passionate about his lawn. And Sam, your lawn sounds absolutely lovely with, with the stripes and everything else and all the work you've done. And you know what, Jerry, if, if you put all your work up on uh, social media, you'd have thousands of followers now following all the work you do on your lawn. 
Well, John, I should have actually, when I actually, you know, did the scarifying and people said, oh, in the name of God, and my wife said, oh, you've just destroyed the blimmin' place. But I knew at time that she would come back with the uh, the top dressing and, and the new seed and everything. And it did, John. Now, John, I'm not saying it's perfect. There There is weed through it, you know yourself. But in general sense, when you cut it and look at it, the grass is, what would you say, 90% dominant in my lawn. And I just love it, John. Am I, am I an exception? Am I... Am Am I a freak, John? No, I'm not a freak, not at all. No, you're just you're just doing good quality lawn care to your lawn. You're, you're scarifying, rejuvenated, gave it life, let it breathe again, let it grow into each other again. And I suppose when you see a severe problem like that done, it probably means that you haven't done it often enough. As mm. in, it's want to be done every year to get the best out of your lawn and to, I suppose, eliminate that hardened, damaged look that yes. you get from a severe scarifying. But all in all, the scarifying once once a year, ideally springtime after uh, the harshest winter and when the moss builds up is, is ideal for okay. the lawn to move forward into the summer. So, so John, do it again, you're saying to me. It's a couple of years ago now since I did it, but you'd recommend every year with a scarifier, a nice run across, it definitely rejuvenates it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, treat for the moss in the spring after after the winter because the winters in Ireland are so damp it's mm. damp for six months so you can't you can't get away from that so moss is part and parcel of of our heritage so uh, yeah you just have to treat it each year and I suppose if, if you don't if you don't scarify it it just means the problem gets worse year on year yes. that's why you probably had so many uh, black bags as you said taken off mm. uh, and it's not as labour intensive when you do it more often then as well Mm, John, I'm I'm actually getting uh, uh, getting lashed here. No, I'm not. I'm not. A lovely comment here from Heather. Thank you, Heather. Heather says, "How dare you, Jerry? I cut our grass always. I'm not feeble." Oh, and she sends me a real uh, one of those emojis. Heather, I apologise. Heather loves cutting our grass. Here's another one. Hi, Jerry. I love cutting my lawn. I even get the long length clippers to cut the edges, and I also like the lines. It's great looking at it when it's done, and that comes in from. Jackie and Kilmaine and Wood. Oh, John, the ladies love the grass and the stripes as well. Louise, oh, oh definitely, Jerry. Yeah, should the, a good looking lawn is the backdrop to to uh, a good a good looking house, and it it matches your appearance when you show up as a house. So, um, and there's plenty of ladies there that love looking after their lawns too. Not no doubt about that. So. Fair play to the green-fingered ladies as well that love their lawn. Well, I used to actually mow the lawn when I was living at home. Mm. And my father, though, uh, God rest him, would come out and sit on a bench and he'd be giving orders left, right and centre. You missed a bit, go straight there, round the tree or whatever. But I had the headphones on, so I couldn't hear him. So... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Louise, John, John <laughs> Louise's stripes were crooked. <laughs> they were actually. They kind of had little bulbs in them. There's another one from Florence and Navin. Hi, I cut my lawn and it has to be stripes. If someone else does it, I get agitated. It's the only thing I'm OCD about, LOL, since Florence this afternoon. But here, John, I'll tell you why we wanted to uh, uh, talk to you as well. The, the more, uh, I have a rotation blade more, you know, um, it's uh, petrol driven. It's a Husqvarna more, I have to say, and I love it. It's lightweight as well. But what does the future hold with all this environmental stuff on that? What are you seeing? You know, these mowers that you can just program and set them off themselves, John. Well, they cut stripes. Um, probably not at the minute, Jerry. But, but the automower has been, has been a revolution to, to lawn care and pr- present 
presentable of of lawns in a, in a, in I suppose in an excellent way. And I suppose many many lawn or homeowners that have lawns uh, mightn't have the time or the passion to put in to get the stripes and everything else, and just want uh, a good look at lawn where they don't have the time. And the automower certainly fills that in. Mm. The technology will come. Um, that it'll do the stripes for you as well. There's no doubt about that. It's just mm. not there yet, but it's it's getting there. It's on, it's on the way. Oh, listen, uh, it won't be for me. I always have to do it myself and the satisfaction. And and, and you, of course, hey, your business is Summerhill Lawns. You're in this business all of the time. We've a great country and a great soil. There's no excuse for not having a nice one. And John, just the thing is, people often say, oh, it's a bed of weeds. It's a, the low cutting is the problem, isn't it? Skinning it. Um. Well, I suppose it depends on on your passion too. You can if you if you cut it if if you cut it too low, it's not there's not enough vegetation there for it to to look well, or your stripe won't yes. be as visible because you're cutting it so low, and it does open up the base of the plant to allow more weeds and, and moss build up that bit uh, that bit quicker and more of them. So yeah, an, an average height general guidelines is that uh, the height for lawn. For long domestic purposes, 25 mil or near enough to an inch. Mm. Somebody says, cutting your lawn doesn't stripe, but it's the roller. Well, I have no roller on mine, and she certainly stripes it, John. Yeah, well, I suppose, again, you can take it to the next level, and if there's a roller on your roasting more, it will shine up the stripe that bit better. Yeah. Um, which, in your probably situation, then you're mowing the exact same way all the time. Mm. And you're you're probably encouraging more moss as well because you have that blade that's mapping around the same area every week, week in, week out, and it's going to encourage moss in the in the middle of the wheel tracks right. that bit quicker. Um, whereas if you have a roller more, uh, it will show up the stripe that little bit better. There you go. Uh, and then you change change direction every so often and mm. you're striping a different way and that way you're you're fighting against uh, moss and cold yes. in your lawn it doesn't stop it but it's just to try and minimise it for as long as possible yeah yeah there and, you and go and then if, if your passion wants to go a step further on the stripe you invest in a cylinder pedestrian cylinder more and that's similar to the golf clubs or what you see in Wembley. Because I know when Wembley comes on now shortly, mm. Jerry, you'll be looking at it <laughs> and then you'll be out in the lawn. <laughs> so the cylinder more will be a good investment then to shine up the stripe that bit better. And again, you do the same process. Uh, Great. Take the stripe in in a different direction <laughs> and different periods of time. John, you have me now going. And there'll be mothers at home this evening. Mothers, as they say, because I've this in me mind now and I'll be out looking around and shopping for this. John, you've been great. And listen, we'll be back to you, I promise, because people love their lawns and there's more to talk about down the road. But for today, John Cribbin from Summerhill Lawns. Give him a shout. He's an expert in the field. Thank you for joining me on the show. Take care, all. Take care. Bye-bye, John. Bye-bye. That's John Cribbin there. We'll be back to your lawns in a moment. Hi, Peter. He cuts the greens in Rathfai Pitch and Putt Club. The stripes, no weeds, no worms, and scarifying is spot on. Thanks. Nice to hear from you this afternoon. I have to apologise, Louise, to all the ladies who cut their lawns. And I'm just thinking, you should start yours and have that Fitbit on and you'll be adding to your... I would. I'd get loads, wouldn't I? Kilometres. Up and down and up and down. All the kilometres and steps you'd get. Look at this one. I'm shocked says a listener I'm shocked that Jerry has been cutting the grass incorrectly no wonder he had not <laughs> nine bags of moss I had 90 bags of moss so you had stripy moss 
I had stripy moss. <laughs> I had stripy moss. I have to say. Now, I will say, there's no sign of the moss back in it yet. Maybe a small little bit, but that's a good tip to scarify. Now, the scarifier I got was heavy duty. Oh, my God. It really was. I hired it from one of the hire centres as well. But you heard there what uh, John had to say. Great advice there on, on, on keeping it, you know, moss-free, scarifying every springtime if you can. And you put it up on social media. So he said you get thousands of followers. Well, there you go. I should have at the time what I did with it. It was amazing, like, to, to see it and and I, I did when people started to say and even Miriam and others saying oh look what you did I, I begin to slightly doubt myself but I knew in the long term it'd come right and it did come right and I am so proud of it and I absolutely love it and well done to everybody who keeps it up now look at the wilding of lawns is another thing for wildlife but I have plenty of that around my house as well where it encourages wildlife but I just love the look of that lawn now I'm thinking that roller lawnmower. Did you hear what John said at the end? Mm, if you really want Wembley, you need to get the roller bit. And thanks to that listener who, who made that point that the stripes are even better. They'd probably stay in it longer. Mine go out of it. But I do always cut the grass high, I have to say, Louise. I don't cut it low. I cut it high. And I think it's a great help in keeping weed growth and moss and etc. down. But... It's an OCD thing, is it? It's an OCD thing. Another one of those things that I oh, just there seems love. There's to be a lot of OCD people out there then. If they mm. like their stripes. Yeah, I suppose so, when when, when you think of it. Uh, but uh, the old knife in the pocket of the other thing, mm. I have a thing with a little wooden handle and it's like a knife on the front of it and I dag the weeds as I'm going along and that keeps them under control as well. I never use uh, any chemicals or that for weeds. I try to control it with the height of the grass and by uh, jabbing them myself from time to time. But there you are, the stripy lawn on your late lunch this afternoon. If you've anything more to say, 086-1800-658. Ellen... Ellen, I cut my two small lawns until I was 84. Good on you, Ellen. Good on you. And great to hear from you this afternoon on the show. Our doc is coming up next. Yes, Dr. Kate McCann. And it's all about staying sun smart this summertime. But taking us towards our next break, it's Shakira. And the hips don't lie. Shakira, Shakira. I never really knew that she could dance like this. She make a man want to speak Spanish. No need to remind you that the majority of us living in Ireland are fair-skinned, the type that burns easily and tans poorly. So we're at risk of UV damage and skin cancer. And exposure to UV radiation during childhood is particularly harmful. So protecting skin at a young age is extremely important. Staying sun safe this summer, we're going to talk about it for the next while with our doc, Dr. Kate McCann. How are you, how are you doing? Hi, hi, thanks for having me. I'm great. Not at all. You're very welcome to the show. Well, I think you were earwigging us there about the lawnmowers and being out in the garden. So that leads me nicely into the first question. Kate, yes. is there any amount of sun that's safe? Well, in, in small amounts, yes. You know, um, and, we, and again, this, in a, the safe sun comes up a lot of times when people are talking about that vitamin D thing. So, you know, we do need some sun. Being outdoors is really good for everything, our physical health, our mental health. So being outdoors and getting that vitamin D absolutely is healthy. So at a point, some sun is. But the amount that we need, for example, for vitamin D is very, very little. Mm. Um, you know, as little as, as five minutes um, a, a five minutes, three times a week. So the kind of amount you'd get from just hanging out your clothes and going back inside um, a couple times a week is actually enough to get you adequate vitamin D. So we get, you know, we're quite a, in the summer months in Ireland when the sun is quite strong, we can get that adequate amount of vitamin D quite easily. So once we're outside at all for any kind of real period of time, 
we, we do need to you know, protect ourselves from the UV radiation. And you mentioned vitamin D, you know, there are yeah. a lot of people advocating taking it in the context of COVID recently mm. and that it's, it's very good for us. Where do you stand on that, just as an aside, vitamin D? We get it from the so sun, vitamin, of course. Vitamin D is essential for both bone health and for supporting a healthy immune system. But we just need enough. Mm. Um, we can't boost anything by getting extra vitamin D. So, I mean, there are standard recommendations at HSE about getting, you know, vitamin D supplements, especially in children. Um, some people are recommended, um, depending on their age or their health conditions, their GP to take supplementation. Um, but, you know, you just need enough. You know, more isn't better. And in and we can't store it up. So you can't like spend all summer in the, in the sun and say, great, I've got my vitamin D for the year. Our body can only store it for about, you know, 30 to 60 days. So what you get in July isn't any good to you in November. Now, let's talk about being out and about. You're out gardening, you're cutting the lawn, children are out playing. Do you need to protect yourself doing those things? You do. And you need to do it even when the sun isn't isn't isn't, you know, splitting the stones, as they say, you know, the even when it's it's, it's overcast, when it's partially cloudy, um, the, the UV rays do cut through clouds. Clouds are just water vapor. They're not shade. So if you're out for prolonged periods of time in the summer when the sun is the strongest, and that's from April to September in Ireland, um, you do want to protect yourself and you want to think and I'm going to I'm going to strip over the words here, but you want to think slop, slip, slap. Seek slide. <laughs> <laughs> explain, explain. I will. Do. So you're going to slop on the sunscreen, slip on some clothing, slap on a wide-brimmed hat, seek some shade, and slide on sunglasses. Oh, really good. I love that. That's fantastic alliteration. I have to say, but it does sum it up. So let's begin with with the yeah. with the the sunscreen. Yeah. Factor 50 for children, factor 30 plus for adults. Is that a good rule of thumb or what do you advise? That's a really good rule of thumb. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we want a minimum of 30. Um, for children, you can pick a product that is um, that may be sensitive skin or designed for children. Um, and there's lots of fancy products out there that will be like, you know, repel the sand if you're going down to the beach. But what you really want is one that just has your, your basic SPF and you want to use enough of it. And that is really some, some people are really kind of early, really, you know, they skimp on it. And you, you know, if you want to think about what's enough, you want about a, a 35 mils for an adult. And that's, that's a full, you know, kind of, that's a little bit more than a, than a shot glass full of sunscreen should be covering an, an adult body. Say if you're, say, you know, if you, you know, with your, for arms, legs, face, neck, um, mm. you want to use enough of it. You also want to use a bottle as in date. Some people have that bottle in the back of the cupboard. So you want to check the expiration date on the on the bottle if you're pulling one from the back of the cupboard. So that's um, very important that it's in date. Yes, they do go off. Mm. And, and, and ideally, you want to get it on about 20 minutes before you go outside. Okay. Um, look, if, if you forget, it's better late than never. But, you know, you yeah, ideally, if, especially for children, you want to try and get it on them around um, 20 minutes before they're exposed to the sun. And water resistance, um, uh, reapplying regularly goes without yes. saying. It should go without saying, but it often doesn't. So that waterproof, it really refers to it being in the water. So you're mm. you're in the water, you're in the pool, you're in, in the outdoor pool on holidays, you're in the ocean. It, that's the waterproof part. When you come out and you towel off, you need to reapply. Okay. And people often forget that. That's something that, you know, they think they do it once in the daytime before they go out and it's it's fine for the day. Not so, Kate. No, you do need to reply that every two hours it does wear off 
Yeah. Now, that's a very um, important thing. The other thing I saw, you, you posted a picture there and you had it on your nose just for, yeah. you know, to show people and you lathered it on. But the, the yeah. nose and the ears, I'm an angler, you know, I do a lot of fishing yeah. and anglers, yeah. you know, with, with uh, baseball caps on out in the sun for hours, yeah. the ears are desperately exposed. Yes, absolutely. The ears, the ears in the back of the neck. So those baseball caps, you know, are, are quite fashionable, but they only protect, they will protect the nose, but they won't do anything for the ears in the back of the neck. So yeah, the broad brimmed hat helps a lot, especially for, you really want the hat, especially for scalps. So in children or, uh, or actually anyone with thin hair, they, you actually can get a sunburn right, right through thin hair or thinning hair. Hmm. So the and and you had your broad uh, brimmed hat on. I saw as well yeah. a good, real good protection for the face, the ears, and the neck. Highly recommended. Yeah. Now come back to clothing. You know when when yeah. it's muggy, when it's warm. You know, mm. trying to get clothing that's comfortable as well. It's a bit of a challenge, mm. isn't it? It is. Now this depends on like how much of an outdoors person you are. Um, and your budget. I mean, obviously, if you're a real outdoors person, you're a hill walker, you're really into this, um, there is clothing designed and it'll have ratings on the clothing about the level of sun protection it provides. Um, and you can do that. And that's price your clothing. It's kind of for somebody who's really going to be into it. Mm. Um, but for other people, I mean, anything covering up the skin is, is, is going to provide some protection. But for very, very thin or very, very light clothing, gauzy clothing, um, things like a beach sweater with holes in it, you're going to need to put sunscreen underneath it because the sun rays will go right through it. Yes. Now, talk to me about the eyes and protecting the eyes. How important yeah. are the right sunglasses? So you don't, they don't have to be, you know, you don't have to go, don't go nuts with it. You just need to look for one. It's going to have a little sticker on the lens saying that it provides UV protection. Okay. Um, and, and basically, the sunglasses are really important for two reasons. One is you're not going to be able to get sunscreen right around the eyes. It's irritant to the eye. And the bottle will even tell you to keep it away from eyes, especially in children. Anyone who's ever been out, um, you know, running or jogging or playing sports with sunscreen, I know that as it sweats and gets into your eyes, it stings. So the sunglasses provide that protection around the eyes. The other thing is that the, it's the eyes themselves. So a, a lot of exposure to sun throughout our lives can actually lead to cataracts later in life. The, the excessive sun, de- sun exposure to the eyes itself. So sunglasses also protect us from that as well. Eamon's been on to say, and I know what he's getting at, and I have other messages here coming to me on WhatsApp as well, saying, you know, it's safe enough here. Uh, we're looking at the temperatures here. Hester has sent it in to me. When you look at today, 18, 20, 18, 17, 16, mm-hmm. and Eamon's why are you talking about sun cream? I know what they're getting at. There's not that much sun and the weather's mixed, but you're still saying that even at those temperatures, there is a danger. It's the sun rather than the temperature. So even, you know, um, I think anyone who's a skier will know that you can get bad sunburns um, on, on the slopes. Mm. Um, and that's skiers wear, wear sunscreen. So it's really about the sun exposure rather than, than the temperature. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I noticed uh, you, you've posted in, in the last uh, 12 hours or so on social media and the, it's a broader reaction as well. And I was interested at looking at some of the questions that people who are following you, who are following you, put to you. Yeah. The eyes and sensitivity with children, you know, children yourself yeah. in and around the eyes. How do you deal with that? Yeah. So, yeah, just children are the same way. I mean, it, it, that you just keep it away from their eyes. And children should get a little pair of sunglasses. They make them for as small as babies. They aren't They aren't very expensive. I, my, my own sons have a couple of pairs I picked up in pennies. They have the little UV stickers. Um, they've actually proven to be quite robust. Um, but getting your small children in the habit of sunglasses and hat will protect them very well. 
What about babies and very small mm. children and exposure to the sun? I just saw the other day, my daughter has a new baby. She's at uh, 10 yeah. weeks now. And mm. it was lovely the other evening. We brought her out under the umbrella mm. in our back garden. But I could just see her eyes. She was reacting. The light was severe, but she was yeah. well shaded. Now, what do you say about babies and young children? Babies, we try and keep small babies, especially under six months. We try to keep them out of direct sunlight. So using, um, using a, a, you want that shade to be dark. So most most um, good prams and buggies, the, the hoods, the parasols, they will provide good shade. Um, small sun hats for babies. Um, not only are they adorable, they really do protect uh, around their eyes and help shade their eyes. And you can get very small sunglasses for, for infants and toddlers. And, mm. um, you know, and, and to just co- and, and even though the, and to just cover the baby lightly, so you know, a, a, you know, a wearing a light layer of clothing will help. Her, but you don't want the baby's skin exposed. Um, you know, you can, if if it's necessary, there are sunscreens that can be used in infants. But as a rule, just. We just try and keep the baby out of direct sun. Okay, good advice there. On the other hand, Christy's on to say he suffers with psoriasis. What do you say to somebody with psoriasis and the sun? Check with your dermatologist. Okay, right. Okay, there are, there's a product for absolutely everybody. And yes, I, there's a, and that's what I'm saying, talk to your dermatologist. There, the level of UV light, UV treatment is used for severe psoriasis. So for patients with special skin conditions, your dermatologist absolutely is is your best um, personal guide um and i think it's a, it's worth giving a shout out while i'm talking about this is that the is that expert advice um on sunscreen these kind of products and skin conditions you can check the um the irishskin.ie website is a fantastic resource for this with trusted advice okay irishskin.ie fantastic yeah. advice there um you had this question and it's just come to me as well mm-hmm. uh, Jerry. will you ask Kate are we overprotecting with Factor 50? No not at all you can't overprotect and I think it goes back to um, into the, the only the, that goes back to the urban myth about the vitamin D um, and I oh. think we, t- we talked about that at the top where you know the level of vitamin D we need is it, we actually get it quite easily and quite you know en route and that you know SPF will not block you from getting an adequate amount of vitamin D Fantastic. Listen, we've covered loads off there in the last while. Plenty of sound advice for all ages and what to do. But the main message is today, you know, skin cancer, it's very prominent in Ireland, in this country. We've got to protect from a young age and right through our lives, Kate. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us on the show again today. Talk to you soon. You're very welcome. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. That's Dr. Kate McCann there with lots about being sun smart this summer. I saw the students, Louise, on the way in today. The post-mortems were happening after the English exam. You see them in little groups at the oh, college yeah. across from where I live and out here as well. Interesting. They're in the uh, in the thick of it now with the exams. We wish them all well, but they're having a chat, I'm sure, how the first paper went. Louise. English paper one. <laughs> English paper one is right. Uh, I want to say hello to Jack White today. He's back in Ireland after a fantastic holiday in the States. He says he, he he's, he's my good friend. He says he, he's wondering, does he know me at all when he's been listening to me talking about the stripes on the lawn and my OCD. <laughs> well, Jack, will I tell you something else I'm going to reveal today? I told Louise earlier. I was home last night. I got my work and everything done. I was sitting there. Television wasn't great. I watched England, Germany. Then there was nothing on. Louise, guess what I'm watching? Louise, I told you anyway. <laughs> I'm watching Love Island. <laughs> Have I lost Jack, the plot? Right. Where has the real Jerry gone? <laughs> 
somebody has locked him into a garage in the lawnmower. And watching Love Island, isn't that just that. desperation mm. at its worst to be watching that? Well, uh, are you liking it? Loving it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, and will I tell you? Well, I watched it consistently. I don't know. I hadn't dip in it. I, I have dipped into it. When did it start? It started mm, recently, I think it was anyway. Sunday night or Monday oh, night. Oh, did it? Yeah. Well, I was probably Can't watching it. What night holiday. was last night? Yeah, I was watching it Monday and Tuesday. Anyway, I had to look for it actually. It's an ITV2 or something or some other station. Oh, you had to look for it. All oh, right. So it wasn't a kind of, oh, I just flicked through it and it was there. You actively. Yes, because out. you see, uh, I was watching. Uh, BBC or somewhere and they were talking about it starting up again or maybe it was some other and you were curious and I was just curious mm. that's all that's all that's the only curiosity mm. you know research things there was the stripes do. on the lawn wasn't it around the pool <laughs> it was the stripes on the swimsuits I think <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you anyway coming up after three o'clock on the show Darren McCullough is with us because you see New Zealand have today announced that they're going to tax emissions from cattle and sheep burps and the other thing yes they're going to tax it and it looks like it's coming our way too here in Ireland for the agricultural community well Dara McCullough he knows all there's to know doesn't he about farming we're talking to Dara and I bring you another classic track from my soundtrack from Mary Poppins but uh, we're rocking it into three o'clock on late lunch this afternoon to news weather and sport with Bon Jovi and this cracker stay with us on your late lunch Jim's been on to say a motorbike is a vehicle so why are they not subject to the same rules as a car on the road if you're in a line of traffic they'll always creep up on the outside of you but in reality why don't they stay in line with other traffic users valid point made there by Jim this afternoon we're talking about bikes and the fatalities that have been at the top of the show bingo books jump and jive is the nickname not for 5 not for 80 not for 65 not for 45 not for 55 Jump and Jive is the bingo nickname for 35. Bingo books for the Knicks. Double prize money on the day this Sunday, June 12th, 3 o'clock at the Knicks GAA grounds on the Ratmullen Road in Drogheda. And there's books today going to Mary Grimes, Kathleen Black and Paul Black. No relation. One black and loud, the other in Meath. Well done to all of you. We'll be in touch to make the arrangements. I mentioned the Leaving Cert groups gathering, Louise. And you have a, a personal interest, a family interest in the Leaving Cert, haven't you? Yeah, I just want to give a big shout out to my two nephews, uh, Colm Hand and Navin doing the Junior Cert and Adam Connell and Dalik who just finished... Um English paper number one for the Leaving Cert. Good luck to you, boys, and yeah. good luck to everybody. I'd say the mothers again. are more nervous. Than the, than <laughs> of course the kids. they are. Of course they are. But you've got to be calm, and you've got to exude a calmness around them all at this time. It's more important than ever, and smooth the way for the exams, and let them do their very best. But good luck to the boys and everybody else sitting the exams at this time. Now, my soundtrack this week comes from the classic movie Mary Poppins. You know the story, don't you? By now, George and Winifred Banks are looking for a new nanny to care for their children, Jane and Michael. However, it's Mr Banks himself who needs fixing. In swoops the woman to do it, Mary Poppins. And uh, she's right into the family's life for a time, working on magic before flying away when all is sorted. That's a brief synopsis of it, of course. Much more to it. The cast, well, what a cast delivered the movie. Julie Andrews playing Mary Poppins so brilliantly, ably abetted by her sidekick, 
Baird, a cockney jack-of-all-trades portrayed by the wonderful Dick Van Dyke, a legend there. David Tomlinson is George Banks, the driven disciplinarian bank official, and alongside him, wife Winifred, played to a T as the easily distracted wife by the wonderful Glynis Johns. And the children, Jane and Michael, their parts went to a young Karen Dutrice and Matthew Garber. Back to Banks himself today on the show as he leads the way. He's in a good mood here. And here it is. Another classic from Mary Poppins. With tuppence for paper and strings You can have your own set of wings With your feet on the ground You're a bird in flight With your fist holding tight To the string of your kite Oh, let's go fly a kite Up to the highest height Let's go fly a kite and send it soaring up through the atmosphere up where the air is clear oh let's go fly a kite simply brilliant if you're not swaying and singing to that one I don't know what to say brings back memories many great memories and I'll bring you more in music and words from Mary Poppins tomorrow round about this time on the show. Final break of the day on late lunch. And did you know today New Zealand have uh, announced that they're bringing in a tax on cattle and sheep burping? We're talking about it next. Sky News revealing since the Uvalde uh, shootings in Texas, shocking 19 children and two teachers shot dead. Listen to this. There have been gun killings in 43 of the 50 US states in the two weeks since the Texas school shooting. 650 shooting incidents resulting in, I can't believe this, 730 deaths since the 24th of May, according to the Gun Violence Archive. Isn't that a shocking stat? And they're arguing about, uh, you know, uh, dealing with guns and control of guns and who gets guns. Oh, my God, it'd make you despair. Get to it and sort it out. Dara McCullough, good afternoon. Jerry, how's the farm? Not so bad. New Zealand have taken the step. They have 10 million cattle, 26 million sheep and only 5 million people. And they're going to tax belching cattle and sheep. Is it a sign of things to come here, Dara? Yeah, it, it, it sounds like a joke, doesn't it? You mm. know, this idea that um, if you've got a farting uh, sheep or a Belgian cow, suddenly you're going to be uh, paying uh, for the privilege of owning them. But um, this is the kind of mad new world we live in where uh, we're grappling with, grasping for all straws, I suppose, to try and deal with climate change. And one of the big drivers of climate change is emissions. And one of the big drivers of emissions is uh, methane uh, belched out by um, ruminants. And the reason that methane is such a problem, it's 28 times more potent than carbon dioxide. You know, everyone talks about their carbon footprint. Mm. Um, And of course, carbon is a big part of carbon dioxide, but the carbon in methane is far, it's a far more potent uh, greenhouse gas. And so um, animals and ruminants in particular 
um, are brilliant at converting the 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 I suppose the energy in grass in um, cellulose and all that good stuff into uh, nutrients, but the byproduct is methane. And so New Zealand, uh, you know, we uh, if you look out into any field, I'd say anywhere in Ireland, uh, well, probably every second field has a ruminant in it of some form or other. Um, even around up here in the northeast where uh, tillage predominates, but there's still a lot of ruminants around. In Ireland, we've about 7 million um, cattle um, and we probably have another 2 million um, sheep, but that's dwarfed by the likes of New Zealand, Jerry, where basically they have the same population but nearly double the amount of of Mm. livestock, of ruminants. So where um, methane emissions account for a third of Irish, um, or uh, sorry, agriculture accounts for a third of Ireland's emissions in New Zealand it accounts for a full half Yes and uh, there's a big difference there Just on another point and uh, I won't keep you too long the, the, the whole thing of food security and producing our own food is firmly in focus now Darren we're looking at the agricultural community here yeah. uh, to really uh, you know step up and I, I know they will do their best across the board but this issue has come to the fore with the Ukrainian war isn't this now what would you say a dilemma yeah, it, it absolutely is because of exactly what we've been talking about for the last two minutes. Um, because on one hand, you're saying, lads, dial back the production because uh, we're overheating the planet. On the other hand, you're saying, lads, dial up the production because mm. we're going to have uh, food security issues if we can't rely on um, shipping all the stuff all around the world without any hitches. Mm. And this is a major, major conundrum for the EU in particular who sees itself kind of in the vanguard in terms of you know leading uh, by example in other words saying to its farmers look lads you're the wealthiest farmers in the world compared to lads in Africa or South America so you guys have to take the first step in terms of cutting your emissions but on the other hand um, it's now faced with a situation where European grain output in particular but all output is back um, because of what's happening in Ukraine and uh, countries in North Africa if there's nothing sure um, that there's going to be food shortages Mm. and possibly famine in North Africa over the the coming months and years because uh, they relied very heavily on grain exports out of Ukraine so you know the logical response is well can we produce more grain from the likes of Irish fields and English fields and French fields and German fields and yes we can but it involves spreading more fertiliser and farming more intensively and of course that flies in the face of all our uh, environmental ambitions. It certainly does and it's a question that's going to uh, be to the fore and prominent over the coming weeks and months for sure. Dara I know you're flying there. Thank you for taking our quick call today. God bless you. You're welcome, Jerry. Just stepped off a daftal grader to talk to you. <laughs> I know, I know. Pleasure. I know, you're under pressure. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining Good me luck. on the show. Take Good care luck. of yourself. Bye-bye, right. bye-bye. Darren McCullough there. Uh, yes, uh, lifting his dafts and the bulbs now and grading them for next year. He's a, a, a great guy. But it is a dilemma facing this country, as he says, and the EU. That's our lot on late lunch this Thursday. Paul McKenna is coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Wonderful music and a lot more besides. Stay with us tomorrow on late lunch. 
launch what to do to secure your home in the face of uh, burglars it's not an easy one we're talking about it author Carmel Harrington is with us her new book is fantastic would you walk the Camino for Marie Keating it's a question we'd pose to you tomorrow online abuse and more from Mary Poppins all coming your way but we leave you today in the company of the brilliant Louis Capaldi see you Thursday at half past one have a lovely evening I'm waiting now, saving all my precious time. Losing light, I'm missing my same old us. Before we learned our truth too late. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.